0: Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hey, it's Nick. I'm so glad you're here listening to the show because number one, I really appreciate the support. Number two, it tells me you are a committed business owner who's really ready to grow and up level and is ready to make the world a healthier place with the gifts and the talents that you share. I have an opportunity for you to step into your next level and to sell and serve in a bigger way than you ever have. I've limited spots available for my next level group coaching program. And I want you to grab one of them. If you are really ready to go big, we start at the beginning of January, 2022. If you get in now, you have some amazing bonuses that we'll be doing in December. And I want to chat with you to see if this program would be right for you. So click on the show notes link that has the, opportunity to book a call with me and let's get on the phone and find out, is this the right fit for you? If it's not, no big deal, but let's find out because I want to help you make this world a healthier place and do it in a bigger way than you ever have. Can't wait to chat with you soon. I am so pumped because one of my absolute favorite things ever to talk about is sales. That's why I have a group called Nicole's Sales Superstars. And tonight my guest Roshni is also a sales expert. So we are about to totally jam over the next 30 minutes on all things sales and we've got a really important tip that Roshni is going to share with you that is ultimately a blind spot that you're not even seeing right now that is holding you back from converting sales. And I am super excited for this conversation. So let me introduce you to my guest Roshni. She has a podcast called Ace the Sales. She is a TEDx speaker. She is the author of a book called How to Revol- How to revolutionize your sales mindset. And she is, get this, featured in a magazine as one of the top 20 women consultants in India for 2020. So we have quite the amazing <laughs> accomplished woman here with us tonight. And her big mission is empowering women and helping them step into a bigger role and ultimately empowering them through sales so that they can reach the people that they're meant to reach. So Roshni,
1: welcome. Welcome. Hey Nicole, thank you so much, and thanks for such energy-filled and lovely introduction, and welcome to the conversation. I really love it.
0: (laughs) Yes, good.
1: Well, here's how Roshni and I know each other. Um, I did her
0: podcast back in March, I think is is what we decided that it was. So she and I connected, and we each have a podcast, and so we thought, oh, wouldn't that be really fun to serve each other's audiences? And uh, so we recorded that episode a couple of months ago. And now here we are doing uh, the same amazing work in my group. So I am so excited to have you here.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And and I love the fact that uh, these. Podcast and uh, social media and internet in general is giving us so many opportunities to collaborate and uh, come together, get in touch with like-minded people. And I'm so happy that we got in touch, Nicole. And uh, in spite of the fact that yes, we love sales, we are both sales coaches and consultants. Yet we there are so many things that we uh, find synergy in and love to talk about and have same thoughts about uh, the things as well because when you were on my podcast we were actually so much resonating with all the points that we were making and you were sharing and similar here like with the topic for today what we are talking about follow ups and uh, right. how, why it is a blind spot how it is so important for uh, people to just uh, get to the vision and the purpose and the sales conversion that they are looking for so just uh, resonating with that so yeah, i'm so
0: yeah, I know so you're right. We, we totally have so much um, in common in terms of how we feel about sales, in terms of how we feel about women and female empowerment and helping women, like I said earlier, step into a bigger version of themselves, a bigger role than what they're playing right now. And I am just thrilled to have you here. So why don't you share with everybody? I, I highlighted some of your accomplishments, but I want you to share how you got here. Like why is sales your thing? So fill everybody in. Who are you and and what brought you into this role in teaching sales to women?
1: Yeah, great. Thank you so much for uh, asking that because how I got into sales is something which was not very intentional or something which I was uh, wanting to do always. It was very, very uh, surreal and uh, subtle and uh, in a way it was something which came across to me as as an inner guidance. So Earlier in my first business, which started in 2009, I was doing an e-commerce portal. It was a gifting portal where we were doing personalized products for kids and we were making beautiful stuff and uh, kiddie stuff, all the dream world, dreamland kind of a thing. But um, it was also a time when I was interacting a lot with our fellow women entrepreneurs through meetup groups and communities and forums and networking events. I'm like a nerd for networking. So I used to just meet people, talk to them about what are their challenges, what are they doing in their business? And everyone was having the same patterns, same answers, that it is a real struggle for them to grow their business, to grow sales as a Mm solopreneur. So after six years of me being in my business, there was this big question in front of me as to how can I help my peers in growing their business? What can I do to help them? Because now I wanted to move from a commercial-based business to a purpose-driven business. I wanted to work which has more meaning to it, more purpose to it, because I also had evolved as an entrepreneur, as an individual and i wanted to be more give back more and serve more people in a more meaningful way yeah. so that's when i moved into consulting and specifically with the intention of helping women grow their sales but interestingly uh, when i was doing my survey for uh, what is it that they need help with and uh, how to grow sales for them there was an interesting uh, observation that everyone was uh, not liking saves like they didn't like to do selling it was a dirty word for them and everyone was trying to hide behind every other kind of excuse that uh, oh my husband will do it or oh, I have a team who can do it I don't like to do cold calls it's very pushy and all those things That was quite intriguing that everyone wants to have sales, but they do not want to do sales. That was a pretty obvious contradiction up there. So yeah, that's what got me more into it. I was so curious about the subject. I got my certification into sales management. I worked with a lot of mentors and experts and uh, that's when in 2016, I got into uh, sales consulting. And uh, since then, I have been helping startups, organizations and uh, entrepreneurs through one-to-one coaching and helping them, equipping and empowering them with all the systems skills, and strategies that can help them take their business to the next level. So I help busy business owners break through the income ceiling without adding any new tech team marketing or stress to their lives. So that's what I do now.
0: That is amazing. And like a true saleswoman that you are, years ago, you saw a need in the marketplace and you went and got yourself trained and you filled that need. And that's amazing. And I mean, that's what sales is all about, right? Meeting people and helping them solve their problems. And you saw a big problem that women were facing, which is sales is like the big bad monster. Yeah, women just feel very uncomfortable around it. And I'll be honest, I definitely did at my beginning of my sales career as well. And that's one of the reasons why I feel so powerful about helping other women is I know what it felt like I remember. And I spent 15 years as a high school math teacher without any sales experience before I jumped into the corporate world. And I remember thinking, oh, sales is all about like, you know, I'm, I'm a sports person, I'm a competitor. Sales is all about competing and having fun and chasing the carrot. And then all these things came up, insecurities and feelings around it. And, you know, this word called salesy, that isn't even a real word I used to use, I'd throw it around and be like, I don't want to be salesy. So I get it when women share that. And that's why it's one of my big passions is I understand what that feels like, but I really want to remove the stigma around what sales really is. So it lights me up and makes me so happy when I meet other people like you who feel the same way because we need to be on this mission because sales is a beautiful thing. Sales is how to serve others.
1: Exactly, exactly. And you rightly pointed out that The conversations that's out there is having more of an extrinsic approach that it is all about the numbers and the transactional approach and uh, uh, what what is the bottom line and what what are the targets that you have achieved. Yes, that has a place in the entire arena of the sales function but you will get there only when you work on the intrinsic factors on how you feel about it. What's your approach? What's your mindset towards uh, selling? Because it is a human skill. Selling is a human skill. And uh, there are ways to brush up on your skill. You upskill your uh, selling styles and uh, techniques. So it's a very, very manageable and doable thing. And of course, you can Happily make friends with selling, fall in love with selling and uh, make it a wonderful vehicle through which you are just taking your solution to solve uh, your client's problem. Yeah, Yeah, it's that. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's it. And you're right. It's all intrinsic. It's all um, I mean, not all of it. There's there's some strategy, there's some numbers, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I came from a corporate sales background where numbers and you know, all of that strategy and those tactics were really shoved down our throats. And, you know, I get it. It, It's, it's the corporate mentality. It's the structure. It's how they have to set things up. But I agree with you. None of that matters if we don't believe in what we're doing and if we don't feel good about what we're doing. And so if you're looking at sales as the big bad wolf, like you're going to have some trouble converting and making sales because you're basically saying to the universe, I don't like this icky sticky thing that I have to do to help people. And the universe is like, cool, we won't make you do it. We won't have, you know, and so then you find all the reasons not to, like you said, people avoid it. They avoid it because, oh, my husband's going to do it. Or, oh, I've got a team that's going to do that. Or I need to work on my website instead of working, you know, focusing on sale. they will find any excuse to avoid it. And ultimately Absolutely. it's about making friends with it. Because it's a beautiful thing. Like you said, it's, I mean, there's two things that I tell people all the time. If you don't learn anything else or, or, you know, realize anything else, here's what sales really is meeting people and helping them solve their problems, right? We're just connecting with people. It's human to human. Like, Hey, I care about you. I see an opportunity. I help people with the thing that you're struggling with. Would you like my help?
1: Yeah. And then doing away with the entire story we tell about the rejection and hearing the no, let go of that. (laughs)
0: Let go. I say that all the time. I do a going for no challenge in my, in my group every couple of months and it's called going for no. Mm-hmm. And we literally, I teach them how to get over their fear of rejection and just actually go for the no. I want you to go for the no, because what we need to do is just release the expectation of any outcome and not make it mean anything about us when we do hear a no, because it doesn't mean anything about us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we've got this secret, this one thing that people need to do to get better conversions. And I don't want to necessarily jump right into it, but I do want to spend a decent amount of time talking about it because I know how relevant and important it is because you were sharing with me before we went live, what this one tip is. And, you know, I think it's, listen, again, we can talk strategy, we can talk tactics, we can talk everything else, but this is one thing where a lot of people just completely miss it. And I want you to kind of share, because you wrote a book about it, and you actually have something you're going to offer everybody at the end that addresses this, because it's a true blind spot that people aren't even seeing right. in their business. So why don't you share what that is and and uh, how you address this? Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so uh, this is a very interesting blind spot. And uh, like we were talking earlier also, that a lot of it is got to do with the mindset piece Mm -hmm. and the entire reason that this particular blind spot comes across in the sales process is because we are having this mindset of that I will again look very pushy or aggressive and that blind spot is actually something which will which is causing you to lose a lot of your sales opportunities because it's it comes a little later in your sales process. So just imagine that you have done the entire legwork. You've done so much marketing, so much efforts in doing that lead generation, inviting that person over to the discovery call, having a conversation with them. And then you are simply letting them go by not following up with them. There we not go. following up is the blind spot that you are having in your sales process, because you are now just giving up on the effort of just staying connected with them. Yep. You know, it's interesting too, as I share this with my
0: clients, everybody's afraid of being pushy and aggressive and salesy, right? I say, you know what, when you're not following up, You're actually showing that you're kind of being salesy because what you're saying is I only cared about the initial conversation. If it was going to go somewhere, I don't ultimately like, I'm not ultimately concerned overall of of being of service to you because if, if you really were, you'd schedule a follow up in your calendar and you would follow up out of genuine concern and say, Hey, I know we chatted a couple of months ago, wanted to check in with you and see how things have been going. And if you've been working on those goals, we talked about that to me is of high service and it's not pushy or aggressive. And I think if you don't complete that cycle, you don't follow up, you're kind of saying,
1: I was only talking to you first in case it went somewhere. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And in fact, again, uh, like we started the conversation with the mindset and I'm just going to cover three specific mindsets, which is around uh, follow-ups. And one of these are uh, the first mindset is that you are operating from your limiting beliefs of I will look pushy, I don't want to be aggressive, I don't want to look salesy, if I follow up people will think that I am needy and greedy. So those are the kind of things that come up Mm -hmm. for us as women because we don't want to be perceived as that aggressive salesperson and that's why we do not follow up with people if there is this cringy feeling in the stomach when you are wanting to go out and do that call make that call or put out even an email you are not in fact just talking to that person but just sending out that uh, email also conjures up these stories in the head which say that uh, hey they are going to feel that I am pestering them. I'm after their life. I'm pushing my product or service. I am asking and greeting for the money. But the thing is that this is just a limiting belief that you are having. And the way that you need to shift your perspective towards this action of selling and uh, action of follow-up is to, to be pleasantly persistent. Lead by value. That's a, that's a phrase I like, I love it. Yeah, pleasantly persistent. Pleasantly persistent because persistence pays and sales is a long-term game. Yes. So you have to stop attaching significance to the when of conversion, the right. when of the sale will happen yeah. because people are forgetful. There are so many decisions to be made on a daily basis that people tend to just procrastinate or do not commit to it or they have some other priorities in life due to which they are not able to commit to your program or service as of now Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they don't need it they are just not able to make that decision right now so it is your responsibility to just be in front of them at the right time in the right manner and you can do it very Very pleasantly, by just sharing value. If you are someone who is a coach or a consultant, you already have so much valuable stuff to share. So many concepts, so many advices, so many thoughtful advices that you can share with your people. Just lead with that. Don't just drop in a a transactional message. Hey, just checking in, just wanting to follow up. Did you think about uh, signing up for the program? Thank you for that. that. Lead with value.
0: Yes, that is when you are following up, be intentional about not just following up for your interests, but to provide value for them and Mm -hmm. be genuinely like come from a space of genuine, you know, care. And I'm I'm following up. And of course, if it's time for them to say yes to your program, then you can bring up that in, in conversation. But I think leading with value, And maybe you have something, some new freebie that you can offer them some way of connecting that also makes it valuable for them. And I think that's a really great point to make, because we always want to come from that space of what's in it for them if they hear from me. And sometimes, honestly, you you know, you mentioned this life gets in the way. People get busy. They've got a lot of decisions to make all the time. And, you know, people make up these stories in their head of like, oh, I don't want to follow up because she didn't get back to me after the last message. Well, how do you know she didn't read the last message? Her kids started throwing up in the bathroom. She had to go take care of him for the next 48 hours while he was sick. And she forgot about the message altogether. Like, who knows? But you're making up a story in your head. And you actually might be not showing up as powerfully for her as you can by not following up. Because I like to remind people, this is what I say about following up. I'm like, it's kind of like you're a snooze alarm, right? Yes. (laughs) What happens in the morning if you're not quite ready to wake up yet? You hit snooze and then you thank goodness that you know that's automatically in another what, 15 minutes or whatever you have it set for going to remind you again, hey, I know you wanted to wake up. Is now the right time? Nope, still not. And it's okay for me to say no to my alarm and keep hitting it. And I'm actually grateful for that alarm that it keeps showing up. And we need to look at ourselves in the same way. You're actually helping somebody. If they expressed interest in you, in your service, in the problem that you can help them solve, and maybe now wasn't the right time you're like their human alarm clock and you're saying, "Hey, I know you said you want this. Do you want to chat about it now? By the way, I've got this new thing that I'm offering and I'd be happy to send it to you. Let me know if you're interested. Would love to hear about you and your goals. Like you're you're doing them a service by following up with them because they're busy. Things get in the way. Exactly. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it, because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients.
1: Okay. Now back to the show. Things get in the way all the time. And that's why people, people are not able to take that decision at that point of time. But, but the another reason that you are not committing to that follow-up is that you are uh, afraid of rejection so even when uh, even when we know that uh, like you said that it can serve as a snooze alarm yep. follow ups is that snooze alarm but yep. but the thing is that you are not able to commit to that consistent and persistent follow up because you fear rejection and i understand that yes it is a, it is a difficult thing it feels terrible to uh, be rejected but i think in the entire conversation of uh, sales Having a clear answer as to what is it, whether they want to go forward in working with you or they don't want to go forward with you or when they want to go forward with it Mm -hmm. or not at all. Whatever it is, that is at any given point of time, a better outcome rather than just sitting in the maybe land. So the maybe land is when they the customer is also just putting hanging you to dry in the air that I'll think over it, let me sleep over it, I will come back to you. Yeah. So all those things just is a, is a way for them to just keep procrastinating the decision making, but it is it is actually occupying a space in your world. They are occupying a space in your sales pipeline, mm-hmm. and it is it is bringing up hope and expectation inside you but actually which is not converting so you have to rid yourself from that maybe land take yourself and the customer out of the maybe land by just asking and not fearing that rejection because because if you don't show up to serve then it's a disservice to people who whom you could have helped so if you are just entangled with that maybe land people, you are doing a disservice to people whom you could have served. Well, you're making up their mind for them yeah. by not following up. And that's not fair to
0: them. They should yeah, have yeah. A, an opportunity to choose. And if you legitimately had a conversation with them at one point, and they legitimately had the problem that you solved, and they heard you out, and you had a great conversation, then you're not doing anything wrong by following up in any way, because they shared with you that they were interested in what you do and how you could help them. Hey, is now the right time? You know, a follow-up is a really, it's a, it's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful way to reconnect with somebody and to hold them accountable to what they shared with you that they're really looking to do in their life. And a lot of times people get stuck in their own way and they stay in the same rut and maybe you following up is going to remind them, you know what, this was important to me and it still is. And I'm going to do something about it now. Sometimes they yeah. need that little tap on the shoulder.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And they need you to be that role model and that figure with which, uh, with whom they want to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they want to work with someone who is confident mm-hmm. and who has the ability and the competence to guide them through a process. Yeah. So they yeah. want you to have that decision-making persona that, yes, this is someone who is so stable and who has the ability to pull me out from my rut and commit to something. Yep. And that commitment looks like the first yes to signing up your, with your program. Yeah. And if you're not able to pull them through that, yes. How can they see that they you will be able to give them that transformation that you are committing or promising them.
0: You know what I always say in in my calls with people, I say, listen, there's gonna, if you're really interested in this work, there's going to be a lot of things I'm going to ask you to do that are going to be very uncomfortable. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of changes that you're going to have to start making in a beautiful way, but you're going to have to stay, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And your opportunity to show me that you are committed to this, that you're willing to get uncomfortable is you saying yes to yourself right now. Because it, it, I mean, the the yes never has anything to do with us. Just like the no, doesn't have anything to do with us. I'm not asking you to say yes to me. I'm asking you to say yes to you. I know I can help you with what you are looking for help with. Are you ready to say yes to that help? Are you ready to say yes to yourself? Because I know no matter what, I can help you. Are you ready for that help? And I think that is really helpful for them to remember. Are they going to say yes to themselves? Are they going to show up for themselves? And that, like you said, is the first opportunity to prove to me that you are committed to doing some of the work we're going to have to do together. Because you're asking me for a transformation. And that transformation requires getting uncomfortable and making some changes. This is your opportunity to start right now. Exactly. Exactly. So Now that we're talking about follow, so we let the cat out of the bag, right? The one thing that you can do to really increase your conversions is to make sure you follow up, you know, and setting it in the calendar so that you know, because here's a big thing for me, no like and trust factor, huge, right? That's what everything is in sales. People need to know, like, and trust you before they're going to buy from you. One of the ways you build that trust is by sticking to your word. So when you're in a call with somebody and they say, hey, now's not the right time. Great, listen, I want to hold you accountable to what you shared with me. Would two months from now be okay if I follow up with you then? And if they say, yeah, two months sounds great, put it in your calendar and then follow through with that follow-up like you said you would. That builds trust. Even if they're still not ready, even if they still say no, they learn that you honor your word. You do what you say you're going to do. And you're not getting all bent out of shape if you get on that call and they say no again, you're like, cool what would it take for you to be ready? You know, I know that this is something that you were interested in and you're just helping them hear their answers. And to me, it's like the trust thing, the no like, and trust factor, that's really important. And when you do what you say you're going to do, there's value there in the relationship. Even if it's a follow-up that turns into another, no, that leaves an impression on them. So my question is, cause I just taught this this week in my, in my next level sale group program. So I've got some of the women here with us tonight and they're saying the fortune is in the follow-up. Cause that's what I, you know, that was the lesson that I taught the other day. And it was a, it was a big conversation for us and really important because a lot of people do forget about this part. And one thing that I was teaching them is something that I'd love to hear from you is when is it, when are some good times to follow up? Cause I think this is a big question that
1: people have. Exactly. Exactly. And and I'm so glad that uh, we, we are talking about this specific piece of this conversation. Because another thing, uh, the third mindset that uh, actually comes across in not following up is that uh, people feel it's very time consuming. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you rightly said, that you just have to schedule it and get it on your ca- calendar as per the response that the person has said. So you can be very strategic and authentic at this place of time. Uh, the ideal the ideal uh, way to follow up is that firstly of course whenever you are on the call itself Mm -hmm. and if the person has not committed as of now in this call then you schedule the follow-up right within the call itself that when is it that uh, you want me to check back with you and let's put that in our calendars right away. If you yep. say it is first week of June, let's put it on this calendar for you and me. Because for me also, I, sh- I should know that what does my uh, quarter look like? How many people I am following up? So that's the strategy part that comes in. Yeah. So you need to know who, whom you are talking to in terms of uh, your sales pipeline also. So you uh, get the scheduling done within the call itself. If that doesn't happen, you are all the second follow up is when you get off the call and instantly you send the email about summarizing the conversation this this, this is what we talked about I'm um, let's block a date for this particular time mm-hmm. in two months from now if you are comfortable with the two months so yes two months from now in this particular time I will check back with you again love that so that instant uh follow-up so that is also a courtesy email which you can say but it is a huge part of follow-up because the person knows that uh, this is what we talked about this is the kind of transformation that they are going to get so you are just summarizing the discovery call or the first piece of conversations that you had with them Mm -hmm. so it registers in their mind it is staying there with them in their email box in their mind when they've read through it to just recollect what the conversation was so that's that's the the another first piece of that mm-hmm. and then if they have not signed up then there you have to schedule a timeline whether 3 days then 7 weeks and then 14 days mm-hmm. so on a regular basis a person needs at least five touch points five interactions before they say yes to you mm-hmm. so 80% of conversion happen At the fifth contact, Mm -hmm. so you definitely have to include a follow-up strategy in your entire sales conversation, which makes sure it, which has five contacts, five follow-ups, which are led by value. You are sharing some value in each of the conversation. It is happening at a consistent manner. So the first email goes out right after the call. Then after three days. Then after seven days. Then after fourteen days. And then you are pleasantly persisting with them by constantly sharing valuable piece of information. So mm-hmm. after probably 14 days, you are not following up, but you are just adding value to them. Mm-hmm. Sharing a recent blog post or you did or an, in, inviting them to an Insta Live, personally inviting them. Then Of course, this is one mistake that I find people doing that they say that hey I'm sending out newsletters to people I am doing social media so they of course are knowing what I do I'm engaging and nurturing with them that is not follow-up follow-up is when you are having a personalized conversation with the person who has got on call with you Mm -hmm. you are having a one-to-one conversation with the person who is a prospect who is a potential client so it is different from the social media conversation or the newsletter that you send out. Mm-hmm. So even if you are doing a particular event or a summit or something, you would send out a personal invite to them that, hey, this is something I, I'm doing. Why don't you come over? Why don't you join in? So this is like an ongoing nurturing you are doing for your high ticket potential clients. Yeah. yeah. And that happens, keeps happening on a regular basis, which of course, technology and your team, VA, OPM can support you with in doing because I know it is time consuming. So you can take help from that. And then let go with the significance of when it will happen, because they will keep seeing that message from you. They will keep knowing that they are valuable to you. Mm -hmm. And whenever whenever the time is right for them, They will come back to you. They need to have you as the top of the mind recall for them. Yep. Stay front of mind. Yes. And like you said,
0: that's one of my favorite tips on telling people when to follow up. I think everything you shared was so powerful. And and the last one is one of my favorites is because when you have something new going on in your business, a new blog post, a new masterclass, a new feature, a new service that's a great time to reach back out to all those people you've been in a conversation with and give them a personal invite. Like you said, are you on a summit? Reach out and give them a personal invite. Sure, your email might go out blanket style as a newsletter to everybody, but that personal reach out, and this is what I shared with my group the other day, do not ever underestimate the value of a personal reach out. It's easy for people to ignore something that's like a newsletter that goes to everybody. It's like a billboard. We can drive by it on the highway and either look at it or not, you know, we can ignore it very easily. But when somebody personally reaches out, it's hard for people to ignore. And it says a lot exactly. about how much you genuinely care about them and are thinking of them, you know, because we all know personal, like you said, it can be time consuming, people are aware of that. So when I've taken my time to, for that gesture, that's received by people in that way, like, wow, she took the time to reach out to me personally. Exactly. You know, exactly. I shared a story not too long ago, My coach that I've worked with for a couple of years, she had a new mastermind program that she was putting out and I hadn't signed up for it yet. I'd seen the emails, I'd seen the posts, I'd seen all the things and I knew it was for me, but I hadn't said yes yet. And then one day I got this little tap on the shoulder, personal reach out from her. And she said, Hey, I wanted to know if you saw the mastermind and what you thought of it. And I was like, yeah, it's for me like right away. But I ignored the emails. I ignored the social media posts, not because I wasn't interested. It was just very easy to ignore. But when there she was in my messages there it was. I already knew it was for me. I knew the answer was yes. And then I couldn't ignore the personal reach out. So it really means a lot to people when they feel that from you.
1: Exactly. Another mistake that uh, people do is that uh, when they make these follow-ups very sporadic or uh, inconsistent or something which is coming out of the blues kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And that happens when you are getting into this panic mode of, hey, nothing is coming in this quarter. Where is the money going? I'm not seeing any conversions this quarter. People are not signing up for the program. And then you get into that panic stage. And that's when you probably think that, yes, now I should follow up. And now I should follow people. But at that point of time, what happens is that your desperation comes across in those follow-ups or the calls. Which just going to work in the, in the negative. Right. Yeah. You have to ditch the desperation and that can only happen if you are consistently and persistently yep. being in front of your potential clients. Right. Front of mind. Sporadic, sporadic follow-ups do not work. You right. have, when you lay down your follow-up strategy, there has to be a sequence and there has to be a timeline as to like, I don't know how many people are doing, but uh, if there is a welcome nurture sequence in your emails. Mm -hmm. So, whenever a person signs up to your email list, probably you are sending every day an email which is telling the person more about you. Mm -hmm. Probably just four or five emails every day. Similarly, when you are following up with the person, there has to be a consistency to it. Like I earlier said, one email right after the call. Then you're on the third day, seventh day, fourteenth day, and then once every month. Mm -hmm. So have that consistency, whatever feels right for you. Don't make your follow-ups sporadic and out of the blues kind of a thing. Right.
0: Well, that that energy is felt. I mean, that's, that's very scrambly and the scramble comes from fear. And when you are making decisions from fear, that's the energy you're showing up with. And like you said, it repels. It actually works against you. You're not yeah. attracting people. Nobody wants to sign up with somebody who's in this scrambly mode of like, oh, let me just randomly follow up with you. And I like, I need, I need clients. That energy is felt from people, yeah. whether yeah. they acknowledge it or understand what it is. They feel that energy and it repels them. It's, it's like what you said earlier. People want to work with a confident person, a leader, somebody who's taking the reins, who shows that they care about them. When you come with that energy, that's a very different conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, one more question about follow-up. What is, what is your recommendation? Cause I know this happens a lot with my clients. They've scheduled a follow-up and maybe like the day before the person says, sorry, I can't make this. Or, or maybe they just, you know, a month in and they're like, you know what, I'm not interested in this anymore. Anyways, is this a release and let go? What do you recommend?
1: So, uh, I think if there are two ways to it. First is if you really feel that uh, this person is a potential client and you can help them. And they maybe there is something which they have not got convinced about yet, but they when they will, they will definitely have huge value from the program. You of course have to be persistent with them. Mm-hmm. Again, not in a way where you are sharing anything about your program but just adding value just making sure that they are a part of your world in some or the other way okay. master classes or uh, summits or insta lives or whatever it is mm-hmm. just make sure that you are around them yeah awesome another thing is when you feel that yes we are not a right fit mm-hmm. because it's not always when uh, the client says no. It is sometimes from you also, you do not match the vibe of the client. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are always pestering about price or negotiating or trying to get a discount, and they are not able to see the value that you are trying to bring in. Mm-hmm. They are not respecting you for the work that you are trying to do for them. Mm-hmm. And if you feel that, whether now or at a later point of time, they will not value my work. Then it's better to let them go, bless and release.
0: Yep. Yeah, we've we've got a. I like to say prospects versus suspects. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like there's prospects, and then there's suspects. And once you've identified that, okay, maybe they're not really interested. There's better uses of my time. And there are people who are ready yeses. There are people who really need me right now. And so you've got to become very clear in your decision-making, your ability to to discern between, is this person worth my time? When they've clearly expressed, either they're, like you said, they're not the right vibe for us, or they're not a good fit, then your job is
1: to know that and move on. Exactly, exactly. Because sometimes it does happen that uh, Even if the person wants to work with you, they are genuinely not in a financial situation to afford your price. And no matter how much you want to help them, it is just falling out of your boundary to work with them because they are not able to afford uh, you. So no point in putting them through the shame of you are not good enough or you are not enough. Or on the other hand, second guessing your price, your self-worth, oh, I'm asking too much. So getting into that entire story. So no way of putting either of the parties through this saga and just save yourself by just blessing and releasing them. Probably at some point of time, they will reach a space where they are able to afford you and they will come back to you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Just knowing that if they, I always say, if if they
0: can't afford you, that they're really not an ideal client. Yeah. Yeah, And it doesn't mean it, like you said, I I, I really appreciate that you said, don't make it mean anything about you or your prices or your services either, because it doesn't, and it doesn't mean anything about them. It just means it's not the right fit. And that's okay. On both ends, it's just your job then is to move on because there are people who are ready for you.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: This is so powerful. So I want you to share because you have something really cool for everybody that is actually dealing with what we were just talking about with follow-ups. And um, it's your spot, your blind spot
1: workbook. Is that right? Yes. 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 (laughs) That's that's a very interesting piece. Uh, It is actually a do-it-yourself sales audit workbook. So if you are able to answer honestly the questions in this workbook you will be able to identify not only this blind spot but all the other blind spots that you are having in your sales process so follow-ups not doing follow-ups is one of the blind spots that you are having there can be many so how about identifying those spots because until unless you don't know the problem you won't be able to fix it right so, so this workbook will help you do that. It is available at uh, roshnibaroniacom slash workbook. And uh, it's very, your sales process is not a one and done thing. You need to revisit and review it on an ongoing basis. And this, this will be something which will open your eyes to the blind spot that you're having.
0: This sounds really powerful because you're right. Your sales process is is a living thing. Like you've got to always refine it, tweak it, work on it. It may work for a while and then you may come to a point where what you were doing isn't working and you've got to reevaluate. So this workbook sounds really valuable for um, people to be able to do that as a self audit, which is really cool. Grab a copy of that. Please go get that. That sounds really valuable. I'm going to download that myself. I think that'll be a, a really fun way. You know, for me, it'll be really fun because I love sales, Um, but it'll be really really (laughs) really helpful for everybody to check that out and see where are your blind spots and what can you do to uh, take action on that. Exactly. Thank you so much, Roshni. This has been amazing. I have so, I could keep going and going and going. I could probably talk all night about sales because I love talking about it and I know you do too. And uh, this has been really, really enjoyable. So thank you for being here. Hey, thank
1: you so much. It was so much fun. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to uh, serve and share uh, my thoughts and what I think about sales and my perspective on it. Thank you for giving this platform, uh, Nicole. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. And like I said, everybody go make sure that you download her workbook and then also go check out her podcast. Ace the Sales Podcast is about to celebrate its year anniversary, and it is a really good, valuable resource for anybody who's looking to improve in sales. So go check it out. I'll be on there soon. And Roshni will be on mine as well very soon. So um, really fun way to provide value to both of our audiences. Yes. Thank you. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also,